friend. Welcome to Pink Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Clayton. This is the show where we talk about working moms, women, and all things girl power. Hi, welcome to the episode. Today I have Stephanie Hawk with me. She is an artist and I am so excited to talk to her. So we'll go ahead and get started. So Stephanie, welcome. Thank you. I'll just have you, why don't you go ahead and just give us a background about your education and how you got started in your art. Well, I have loved art all my life. My mom was an artist and I loved watching her draw as a kid and she was an art major in college and she actually didn't finish her degree until I was probably like 12 or 13 or something. And so I watched her like study all these art history books and Mm -hmm. learn and it was just so fun and exciting to me. So when I went to college, I was like, I'm totally going to be an art major, just like my mom. And I had taken art electives in high school and in junior high, and I loved it. And so I studied art in college, and I kind of bounced around between the two, a few different universities, which was great because it gave me kind of a really broad perspective of different styles of art and different teaching methods and different, you know, personalities and different things of artists. Um, but it was a little tricky because sometimes professors are so judgmental (laughs) and it's not like math or, you know, a subject where you can just get things right or wrong. Like an art, it's really subjective. Mm. And it took me a while to kind of find my medium. I started with graphic design and thought I would do kind of like computer art and web design and different things. And then I kind of missed working with my hands. And so I bounced around and I did pastels and sculpture and clay and kind of all these different things. And then finally, like my senior year, I figured out that I loved painting, but I wasn't good at painting because I hadn't taken it all along. And so, so I had all these professors that would kind of like give me like a C on a project or right on the back of my thing, please come see me after class, (laughs) like all kinds of stuff that kind of gets in your head and it makes you feel like, oh, I must not be very talented. I can't be good at this. And then of course there are those artists who can draw perfectly, you know, without trying and can make like photorealistic, you know, faces without even trying very hard. I am not one of those artists. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, but I am not a perfect renderer or drawer of um, shapes and things. Pictionary actually kind of scares me to death (laughs) (laughs) because there's such an expectation that if you're an artist, you must be able to just Draw a horse perfectly. Oh, I want to be on your team. I'm not. I'm not that. I'm an impressionist painter. I'm much more shapes and blocks and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, so after college, I kind of was blocked and I couldn't paint the way I wanted to. And so I just kind of gave it up and thought, I guess other people will go be the famous artists and I'll just go work somewhere else. So I got a job at an office and it was fine. I was making a living, paying my rent. You know, I was traveling a lot, which was fun. And a couple of years after college, I met my husband and we started dating and he found out I had studied art in college and he was like, oh, let me see like what you've, what you do. And I was like, oh no, I don't do that anymore. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really an artist. It's, you know, I'm not good at it. And so we got engaged and then we got married and as a wedding present on our wedding day, he gave me three tubes of paint and they were like red, yellow, and blue. And he said, I believe in you. And I think that you can figure this out and I'm going to help you and we'll figure it out together. And it was just the perfect present. Oh my gosh. It was just so great too, because I mean, not only physically to have like paint and be able to keep trying, but just those words of, I believe in you. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can do this and I'll help you figure it out. 
And so from there, I just started practicing a ton and taking workshops from artists that I really liked and kind of figuring out my voice as an artist and what I wanted to do. And anyway, it's been so fun. That's It's been 12 years wow. since that. And about six years that I've really been like a professional artist with a website and business cards and putting my work into shows and all kinds and of things. Collectors. And collectors yeah. and selling art for real money besides real just money. to your mom, yes. you know. <laughs> and it's wonderful. It's been that. such a fun journey. And so anyway, I just feel so grateful. It's really a fun profession. <laughs> Well, I love, oh, there's so much of that story I love. I love, too, that he just knew what you needed. It's like he had this intuitive sense, like, that you just needed those three tubes of paint and some encouragement. And um, I just, I think that is so cool because I think that's when you know somebody really cares about you is when they understand what you need. And Mm -hmm. whether you know it or not, (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's awesome, too, that... um, you it's like you got a sense of renewal it was like you kind of woke up again to the art but in a new with new eyes it sounds like yeah I love that so like I feel like that could be a book like three tubes of paint or something (laughs) (laughs) it definitely could and I think there's a lot to be said for you're not going to get it right just Mm -hmm. because you start on the path it's not going to come out perfectly just because you take that first step it's a lot of work to figure out and to practice and to play and to fail and to be rejected and then to pick yourself up off of the mat and try again and try again and try again. And for me, it's it's grown tremendously since those three tubes of paint. Yeah. It wasn't that those magically just unlocked every gift I had inside of me and now I'm perfect, right? It takes a ton of work and a ton of practice and a ton of relearning and continuing to learn and continuing to push yourself and try new things, I think, to find out. And I don't feel like I've arrived on any level and I'm at any kind of stopping point I feel like it's it's like a really long road and sometimes there are red lights and sometimes there are green lights and you could either just pull over and give up or you could just keep driving I love this I think that is like such great advice I need that advice because so many times I'm like red light again like I have to rethink everything but I love that just sometimes you just have to keep Driving. You just pause for yeah. a minute and you yeah. let it all percolate and then you go and it's yeah. green again and you're okay. <laughs> yes. So. I, am, I love that you described yourself as like an impressionist artist. Mm. How did you come to that realization? Like what, what helped you see, oh, like this is my genre, this is my niche? So in college, I took a lot of art history classes and I... It's just the styles you're gravitated to. And so my favorite, I mean, I'm not alone in this, right? Because most of the world's favorite painters come from that Impressionist era of Europe. So every time I say that, like, I love Van Gogh and Cezanne, everybody's like, well, of course you do. Everyone does. And <laughs> But like, legit, I love them. And <laughs> yeah. I would love to paint like them. And so I appreciate a lot of other styles. But the ones that made my heart sing the most were just those fun textured blocks of color, not everything being so precise and realistic. And it's a funny balance for me because I actually really, really love photography. Mm. And so I have really nice cameras and lenses and I go take tons of photos. And that's where I get all of my inspiration for my paintings is from my own photography. But I don't want to mimic photography in my painting. Mm, I don't, I feel like photography is beautiful for its own thing 
And if I want perfect crisp eyelashes, that's what photography is there for. But in painting, I don't want photorealism. I want, you know, things that look like a painting, things that capture the feeling of how something felt in the moment, maybe not exactly how it looks. So I'll punch up the color and I'll make things warm and put a lot of light in there because I want there to be like a happiness and a joy. And sometimes you don't get that if you're tied so much to making it look realistic mm. and look like what your eyes might actually see. So I kind of like playing with that line of what do I want to see or how how is what I see changed after you take it inside of me and then give it back out to the world with all of my optimism or joy or life or whatever, you know, it, it yeah. changes and becomes a new thing. And that's really fun to, to share. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think that's a beautiful process that you described about taking it in and then how do you portray it out for others? What We didn't talk about this before, but like, how did you find collectors? How did that sequence start? So I think one of the biggest things about anything you're doing is you have to be willing to share the thing. And so luckily with social media, that makes it so easy nowadays to share what you're doing and to get people on board with it. So of course it started with just friends and family. And I quickly learned that friends and family may not be the best collectors, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they love me and they want to support me. They may not all understand the value of original art and the prices that, you know, that warrants, but, um, but it was a good starting place to just kind of share what I was doing and to get some eyes on my work. And then I started entering pieces into shows and that was probably a better jumping point to find people who value and want to invest in fine art. Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of a difference and that's okay. I sell a lot of prints and I love that because those do fit for all price points and a lot of levels of interest in art um, and then originals are higher priced, but they fit for collectors who have, understand and value that and, and want that and want that in their home and everything or in their business. So I think it just started from being willing to share and post things online, put things in local shows, stand there next to a booth of my work, even if nothing sold and talk to people for hours and hours and hours. And it slowly has built as these years have gone on. And I've had people that have come back and been repeat collectors and it's so fun it's fun to paint their stories and tell you know the stories of their families and their favorite things and to be part of their gift giving experiences as they share art with people that they love and so I think it all kind of snowballs but it doesn't it doesn't happen if I hide in my studio and (laughs) keep it all to myself I have to be brave enough to step out and yeah share so do people do some of your collectors come to you with a picture and they say will you capture this memory okay so you do customized so those are called commissions and there I have a whole spot on my website for that and actually it's really fun because people love to make art personal for them and they should that's what's so fun about buying art I think so they'll bring a favorite picture from a favorite vacation or something that their family has done or a house that they've lived in and moved away from but that holds some of their memories mm-hmm. and they want to remember it. And I love telling all those stories for people with paint. And so we'll kind of make sure that we've got the right photo to work from and yeah. that we've got the right idea and that it can work. I I actually have gotten more selective as time has gone on mm-hmm. about things that I feel like will make a successful painting mm-hmm. and that fit with my style and with what I do. And so um, that's just really fun to find something that will make them happy and that feels good for me. And then we 
go from there. And we, yeah, we can do all sizes and awesome. it's fun. It's a great part of the work is to do commissions for people. That's awesome. Well, and to be able to tell people's story and help them love that. So what are some of the challenges of having your own business. I love that you have a home office. I can totally relate, but there are definitely challenges as we know from working from home, being a mom with a business from home. Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest challenge is that it never really goes away, right? (laughs) I have a friend who's a nurse and she'll go to work and then she will clock out and come home from work and be free and do whatever she wants. And I sometimes am so jealous of that because there's really no clocking out. I have to be very conscious and aware of clocking out of my work since it's right here all the time. Um, there, I have four little kids. I had twin girls and two boys and they were all born within four years. Woo-hoo! So it, yeah. <laughs> it's been a party. My <laughs> oldest, my twin girls just turned 10. So now they range between six and 10. So it's great because they're in school and they're a little more independent and a little older than when they were toddlers. But I really started getting serious about painting when I was pregnant with that fourth baby. And so it was a lot of years of lots of little babies and toddlers. And I remember the phrase in my head was embrace the 15 minutes. I would just go work for 15 minutes and like put a layer on something. And then I'd go back to the kids and Mm. what they needed. And their playroom was right next to my art studio. So we would kind of all be right there and... Um, they would interrupt me constantly, but sometimes that was good. It would stop me from overworking a painting and, you know, there were definite times where I'd have to set things down, even though I wasn't ready to be done painting and help with what they've needed. But it's great to see that that doesn't last forever. And so if, if people are in that moment where you're trying to balance toddlers and your work, Mm -hmm. it's good to know they do grow up and older kids, it's a lot easier to work around them. And with six whole hours of school, I'm like, oh, Man, I can't believe how much much I can get done. I can deliver art to collectors and galleries and I can, you know, I just have all that time to focus. So it's changed. It's gotten a lot better. I think um, it's a blessing and a curse to work from home. It's it's wonderful that my kids can come into my studio and be with me. Mm -hmm. That They can talk to me about their days and read a book or hang out. And I love that I don't have to be off in some other location and they never see me yeah yeah um but it's challenging because I I'm wearing two hats all day you know and I'm trying to help Mm -hmm. run a household and run my family and you know take care of all the normal life things that you have to do and then also trying to run this one woman business and get you know meet deadlines and I want to be professional and I want to make sure that people Mm -hmm. feel like I'm um really delivering a good product to them in an untimely way and that I'm a good partner for galleries to work with and all those things. And so it's making the product, it's marketing the product, it's answering all the emails and doing the production side of it. It's, you know, yeah. it's all those pieces of the business, not just like, ooh, I'm having fun painting right. and kind of just that. Like I, I feel a little overwhelmed sometimes with trying to do all of that yeah. myself yeah. and then also be, you know, present and, aware of my family and life and all that stuff yeah so well and I love we talked about this but I love that like um the other day in your stories on Instagram (laughs) you showed this great panning of your office whereas like every single family member (laughs) was in your office while you were painting and I died because I feel like that like I just recently moved my office to like a corner of a bedroom mm-hmm. where I had my own 
And like, I was getting frustrated when I had my office because they were always coming in and like invading my space. And now they just followed me back. They, do. they find you. <laughs> they migrate to wherever you are. And I'm like, I love you all, but it's not like you come migrate quietly. It's like, it's like, so I'm trying to focus here, people. Like, I love you, but. There's definitely times where I'm like, everybody out. I just need space. I got to get something done. I can't listen to all the stories. And then there are times where I'm like, no, come. It's entertaining to me and I can listen to you while I work and, you know, those connections. So I heard a great artist one time. He said, I am always neglecting something and I just try to even out the neglect. And I loved that philosophy because I feel like that's the truth. (laughs) More so than I'm always perfect at everything. It's not. It's I'm neglecting everything. And I try to even it out. Like, oh, I haven't cleaned my house in a while. Maybe (laughs) maybe I should pull out the vacuum and, you know, even out some of that neglect. And then maybe I need to focus on my kids. I'll say something that has helped me is I chose one day a week and for me it's Sunday Mm. where I don't do any work I just completely turn off the business I don't answer any emails Mm. I don't paint I don't ship I don't anything and not only has it given me such a good mental break Mm. like I needed a day off somewhere where I could just say I won't even touch anything Mm. I will ignore it all Um, but I've also found that has been such a good thing for my kids because then they come in and they're like, mom, will you play Uno with me? And I'm like, Ooh, I don't have time today, but let's do it on Sunday. Mom, will you paint my nails? Yep. Let's do it on Sunday. Can you make me, can we make a pie together? Yep. Let's do it on Sunday. So it's turned that day into such a good day for my family because they know that where I can't give them time on a Tuesday, maybe, but they know that it's still coming. And then on Sunday, I really do try to disconnect from everything, not checks social media, not check in with my business at all. Of course, if there's some emergency, yeah, you know, but like usually nothing is that pressing. I can usually wait until Monday to answer whatever, but it's given me a space where I know that I get a mental break and that my family gets me and my full attention and we can connect and I sit and talk to each of them and try to make time one-on-one where I can catch up on their week and make sure I know what's going on. And then they feel like they're cherished and loved. Mm -hmm. And then we go back into a busy week where they're busy and I'm busy and you know, and of course I try to make time for them during the week too. It's not just sure, on sure, Sunday, sure. but like that's just at least for all of us this guarantee that we will have yeah. one day that's just ours. That's almost like you're going on vacation every week where you do really just unplug mm-hmm. from all the rest of it and you focus on each other. So okay, I love that. I am adopting that today <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> I feel like that is something that is so needed in in my own business is like I I don't do well at turning it off Mm -hmm. and I love that idea of like the power of 15 minutes and just helping your kids see like mom has boundaries and you can have boundaries I think it's good for them and I love too how um we talked about this earlier how our kids start noticing through our eyes, some business things, you know, Mm -hmm. like my kids are funny. They'll be like, Oh mom, that person needs your help on Instagram. Like they can tell by the feed (laughs) what I do. And like you had mentioned that your, your kids kind of see through new eyes as well. Yeah. They'll come in. They're my best critiquers on my paintings because they're so honest. (laughs) So if I, I will always ask them to come in and be like, what do you think of this? And they're like, eh, that's way (laughs) too dark, mom. You've really got to lighten that up. Or this has too many colors or it's too busy or I can't tell what I'm supposed to be looking at. You know, it's just wonderful because they give good feedback. And I think it shows them value when you honestly listen to their opinions and treat them as a peer in that way sometimes where they get to 
be the expert on something and advise you on something. I think that for sure that helps them. A funny side note that I didn't realize would happen, but um, I think having a business and having things that keep me busy mm-hmm. have forced my kids to be more independent. And to be people that can go handle their own problems and solve them themselves without mom solving everything. I really don't follow them around and clean up all their messes. I don't always solve everything. I'll try to talk them through a problem and try to encourage them and try to give them some options if I can. But ultimately, I push them to say, what do you think you can do and go figure it out? And then that pushes them to kind of take ownership of their own life and be more responsible I didn't realize that would happen. It's can it's just been kind of a necessity of yeah. what we've done, but it's proven to be a really good thing, I Love think, that. for my kids. We've made some simple like checklist charts where really? like after dinner, that was always the time where I was yelling the most at them <laughs> and feeling so frustrated because I'm like, why don't you know that the next thing is this and the next thing is this and the next thing is this? And so just like simple things like that where I've like made them a chart and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go down and answer some emails you're in charge of getting all your exes in all these boxes and we'll meet up at eight o'clock and read a story before you go to bed or something. It just pushes them to be in charge of themselves, which is what I ultimately want when they go off to college and move out is to know in their head what they need to do to keep their life running. And so I like practicing that on this level now where I'm kind of like, I'm not going to do everything for you. So it's up to you to finish your dinner and put your dishes away and take a shower and make your lunch for tomorrow or whatever you have to do. Those are your responsibilities for your life right, right. not my responsibilities right. I will remind you and love you but if you don't make a lunch you go hungry tomorrow right <laughs> well the educator in me too loves that because yeah. like you said that's our ultimate goal as parents is we want to teach them how to function on their mm-hmm. own yeah so um I have loved this interview thank you so much maybe we could just wrap up with what advice would you have for someone starting their own art business Um, maybe some tips and tricks that you could maybe tell your younger self. Yeah. I think we spend a lot of time being scared and Mm -hmm. not knowing how to do something well so we don't start doing it. Mm -hmm. And I wish I could have told myself, because I spent those years before I married my husband feeling blocked, feeling like I couldn't create, not really understanding what to do to fix what was going on inside my head. So I just kind of didn't touch anything. Mm -hmm. And I wish now I would have gone back and said, just paint. Don't worry about selling it, but just make work. Mm-hmm. Just do something to to kind of go down this road instead of being scared to to even take one step for fear of it being the wrong step. And so it's funny for me because I think as an artist, even though I had a bachelor's degree, you know, like that should legitimize me. But, <laughs> but there was a point too where I was like, no one is going to come tell me that you're now a professional artist and you've arrived. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a decision one day where I stopped buying the student grade paintbrushes and I bought the professional paintbrushes and I made a website and I got myself business cards and I just started telling the world I'm I'm a professional professional. and this is what I'm going to do. And I actually took a workshop when I was pregnant with that fourth baby and I was there with all these like retirees and they all kind of looked at me like, what are you doing here? (laughs) You have three (laughs) little kids at home and you've got this large pregnant belly. Why are you here? And I just looked at them and thought, you know, I don't want to wait until I'm 70 to start. I'd rather, like, it's going to be chaos anyway, but the art just might save my soul. You know, like, it's just, it's just something that is important for my own well-being and my own worth as a person to not just be the woman who changes diapers and does dishes, but who gives something to the world that I can be proud of. 
I mean, not that I'm not proud of my children, but sure. the the mundaneness of housekeeping can True. wear can, down any can... soul. And so for me, I remember trying to push a double stroller with screaming children down the tiny tight aisles of the Blick art (laughs) shop in Sugar House. And it was ridiculous. There was no space. And there people were all looking at me like, what is wrong with you? But I was like, like this, I was gonna be at this I, art show. I will I will save my own soul by buying the charcoal and by buying the supplies <laughs> and investing in myself in this way. And so I think if I would tell anybody any advice, I would say start. At least start down your path and play and practice and figure out your voice as an artist or as a business person. And it will change as time goes on, but you won't know that until you at least start. I love that. I think that is fantastic. Well, and I love what you said about this just might save my soul. Mm-hmm. I remember being seven months pregnant interviewing for a job and the, the guy was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, technically, by law, you can't ask me. Yes. <laughs> but but because the feminist in me, right? But I was like, I wanted to teach so badly. Yeah. And I knew, like, if I didn't do it now, when? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it was literally to, to save my soul. Yes. Like, it's either that or go seriously crazy, yeah. you know? And I think that that's powerful, is that as women, we need to just do it and try it and just take the leap. And it's okay if we fail and struggle. But eventually, I feel like there's hope for all of us. We can find... That balance is yeah. just, it'll, might take a while, but we'll get there. Yeah. Well, and I've found too, balance doesn't come necessarily on a daily basis, mm-hmm. not even on a weekly basis. I've been completely imbalanced in the last few weeks because this is the busy season with selling art. The fourth quarter is a crazy time for shows and all these opportunities, but it will balance out. And in January, it will slow down again. And so I think you have to see kind of, the bigger picture of what balance looks like and feels like and for different phases of your life like we talked about toddlers and babies are much harder yeah. than older kids but then you know older kids can be emotionally harder sometimes rather than physically harder and i think all of it is just a game where you have to keep refiguring out in this season in this moment in this chapter where will the balance come and how do I balance it and maybe you don't do as much or maybe you do do as much and yeah you know but be open to to continually adjusting where those boundaries are for yourself and your life and your business and not be so set that you can't, you know, (laughs) that you can't function. I know I said that was the last thing, but one last extra end question. (laughs) Are you tempted to go back to your professors and show them (laughs) where you are now? (laughs) You know, I have a lot of compassion because I think a lot of times maybe they're blocked artists themselves. Mm. And so I think sometimes I had some good professors who were great and encouraged good styles and saw value in each student bringing what they could to the table, even if it didn't all look the same. I love those professors and I'm grateful for them. So I don't mean to make a blanket statement that all professors are like this, but I think some of the hardest ones on me were people that really hadn't figured out their own voice themselves. And so I feel for them. I wish I could go back and invite them there's this great book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, mm-hmm. and it speaks to not just fine art painters. I think she's a writer or a theater person or something, but anybody who's trying to create anything and can't get it out of them has some like blocked pipe somewhere where they, you know, they need to work through something. And so actually that was one of the things that I was 
somebody recommended it to me when I was in that phase. And it just helped me work through like all those voices in my head that told me I couldn't or all those demons. And there are all these exercises that just helped me figure out how to let go of any of that negativity and just make that, you know, that whole funnel open for flow of creativity. And so once I could kind of do that, then all of a sudden things clicked for me. And so I feel like that's something that I, uh, there, there's a little bit of like, haha, see, I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't as bad as I thought I was. But really, the only person I want to rub that into is my own self. Like, sure. look, you really could do it, Steph, and yeah. it, you didn't need to believe all those yeah. voices that told you you couldn't. And so that's, I think, the payoff is just believing in myself. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, what a good perspective, too, to not be like, I want to, ha look over, but just having compassion for your professors and understanding now that you've come on this journey, maybe they are at or we're at where you were and aren't we all struggling with our own blockages (laughs) well thank you so much stephanie really appreciate you interviewing and sharing your story with us thank you thank you so much for having me thanks for listening to pink girl podcast join us next time